Utah and BYU are both in the Big 12 and thus now going after some of the same players in the transfer portal. How will it shake out? And what is all the smoke around the Sioni Vaki situation? Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars crossover. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars your first listens every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. You can leave a rating and review on podcast platforms. Also love interacting with you guys on social media platforms, whether it's X or in the YouTube comments. Today's episode of Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. You can visit fandu.com slash locked on to get started. My name is JT Wister, so excited to be joined by the host of Locked On Cougars, Jake Hatch for this Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars crossover, talking all things transfer portal. It's funny now, Jake, now that both Utah and BYU are in the Big 12, they've always been trying to attract guys to their schools in Utah, but now it's attracting guys that you're going to face down the road. And yes, there were some games in the past, but year in and year out, big rivalry implications, could potentially conference championship implications. It's just so great to have these two teams back in the same conference. Well, and that's the thing about it, JT. So first off, good to be with you as always. But you're right. This is a new era, obviously. Uh, BYU and Utah be back together in the Big 12 going head-to-head. And you and I both know that this rivalry exists in all things in everyday life. And the fact now that they're both in the same conference, that's going to up the ante when it comes to the recruiting stakes, obviously, because obviously these football programs want to have nothing more than the most talent they possibly can accrue. And uh, going head-to-head in-state here in the Western United States and even potentially across the country now with the Big 12 as expansive as this conference is, it's going to be a very interesting time to see how the Utes and Cougars kind of do battle now, both in the same conference. It is going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, starting with the transfer portal talk that has just taken over college football, whether it's players leaving or being brought in now for visits and everything, it's all going on. Utah and BYU both involved with it. Um, Utah's in an interesting position for the transfer portal because they're very good in terms of all of their starters are pretty much back. We're going to talk about the one in a second who just left today, but a lot of Utah's depth is leaving. That's where it makes 2024 interesting because you're like, okay, short term, they're good. And then let's see how does the recruiting class shake out? Is this just going to be the way Utah does it now? Are they going to be a transfer team each year? Some of their transfers from last year, like Aliyavani Damuni, obviously did very well for the team. But for Utah and their transfer portal needs, to me, it absolutely starts and, you know, there's other needs, but it's once again, like starts and ends in some ways with receiver, 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 because not only is Devon Vele gone, but Mikey Matthews just shot all of us by transferring today so utah definitely needs to go out and find some receiver help i know they always talk about being more explosive they're not going to be this crazy high-powered passing offense but in today's college football especially with some of these offenses in the big 12 you've got to be able to move the ball through the air and utah needs elite playmakers on the outside in order to do that 
Well, and that, that's the thing about it is these football programs, both I'm using the plural because BYU is in the same boat. You got to yeah. have difference makers on, on the outside to give these quarterbacks a chance. And that's the kind of funny thing about it is Utah, their whole thing with Cam Rising when he was playing and obviously this past year with the cavalcade of different quarterbacks that played for the Utes is that the wide receiver play at times was very, very good. Other times was not so good. And that I think that really contributed to a lot of the issues that uh, the Utes had. BYU side of things, I think it was more the quarterback play. I thought BYU's wide receiving core outside of injury actually was quite good had a bunch of dudes out there that were able to contribute and the problem was getting them getting them the ball uh, from those quarterbacks at times from both Keaton Slovis and Jake Retzloff's perspective so yeah yeah absolutely uh, the the transfer portal giveth the transfer portal taketh and with the Mikey Matthews situation that's a hit uh, for Utah now uh, there is obviously the hope that maybe he uses as a power play and he's trying just to kind of hold up the Crimson Collective maybe for some extra money and whatnot and then he announces he's coming back to Utah and he goes on to have a great sophomore year, but also at the same time, he'll have no shortage of other programs sniffing around because when you can contribute to the level he contributed at this year, there's going to be a bevy of other football pro programs who are going to make overtures to him saying, hey, now that you're in the portal, come play for us and we'll hook you up with some NIL. Yeah, definitely a loss for Utah with, as we mentioned, Vele departing and the guy you were most excited about being just a freshman. All the potential he showed. If Cam Rising plays, probably easily add 100 yards to that 200 he had on the season. So it's a big loss for Utah. And as I mentioned, there's some other things that Utah would like to have, but you know, the depth, more of a future thing in a lot of ways, in my opinion. But for BYU outside of receivers, where do you think this team really needs to get after it in the transfer portal? Uh, there are three spots. Quarterback, obviously, because they uh, Jake Retzloff uh, showed that he's okay. I don't think he's necessarily the future there at quarterback in the final four games of the regular season. And then in the trenches, Kalani Satake and I think his staff realize that both offensive line and defensive line absolutely need major upgrades uh, via the transfer portal. They did a pretty good job adding guys last year to the offensive line in particular, but uh, the defensive line, for the way BYU wants to run their defense, and any Utah fan watching this knows that BYU is trying to emulate what Utah does. It is predicated upon having a very, very stout defensive line that can both pressure the quarterback and also stop the run with a four guy uh, up front. BYU could not do that this year and it really crippled their defense. So yeah, those, those three places, offensive line, defensive line and the quarterback position are absolutely must uh, get must gets must needs whatever I don't know how to term that properly <laughs> I apologize for my lack of grammar there but uh, they do need to hit all those and I think a secondary one probably be the linebacking core for the Cougars yeah and that's tough to hear when you go, do go through those needs because obviously in my opinion I've always said like what do I want on my team for most important positions I'd go yeah the quarterback want the offensive line to protect him and then you want the defensive line but especially with the quarterbacks, Jake, in the transfer portal. I mean, there is no shortage of list right now when you have guys of Kyle McCords of the world. And now, obviously, I don't expect him to go to BYU because, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas A&M just throws the entire state of Texas in some ways, everything it's worth at, at him. But either way, there's a lot of guys in the portal, and it it's, it is crazy because there's just so much movement and so much change that is happening. And it's also interesting for guys like Kyle Whittingham and Kalani Sataki, as you mentioned, like just, this is newer for them and it's new for every coach, but like them, especially they don't exactly, neither one of them screams transfer portal guys. Now I think both have done a good job adjusting to it as we've seen a, just off the top of my head, like a Gary Patterson out of TCU. Like he's a guy obviously wasn't able to adjust 
And we see now that he's no longer coaching. Like they've done a good job of it. But I do think it's interesting that both of these guys have to change kind of their philosophies. And, uh, you know, Witt's been on record before saying too, Jake, like you're not going to change us. We're going to change you, which it, it makes it very interesting when you're trying to bring in these guys who are leaving these schools to try to search for those better opportunities for themselves. Obviously, also thinking they're in that position to capitalize on it. Well, and that's the thing about it is I've had enough conversations uh, with BYU coaches and I've had some with Utah coaches where you, they talk about when it comes to the transfer portal, you have to do your homework on each one of these young guys. What was the situation that caused them to jump into the portal in the first place? Why are they doing this? Are they all about the almighty dollar? If that's the case, NIL is going to be an issue because that just simply put, they're looking for as much money as they can get. And both BYU and Utah right now, neither one of them is in the upper echelon of what uh, these some of these collectives can offer these young men but there's other reasons guys may have left they didn't get along with the coaching staff the environment they were in wasn't conducive to how they felt like they could contribute there are a myriad of different reasons why guys go into the portal and you have to do it on a case-by-case basis i know the byu and i i guarantee utah right now they are going through the transfer portal with a fine-tooth comb trying to find any and all options out there i I know the byu has probably evaluated every quarterback including kyle mccord dylan gabriel and on down that list to just look and look into and at least get a feel for each one of them. And the thing about it, I've also had conversations with the coaches, JT, the simple communication in the transfer portal goes like this. Usually it's a text message that goes out to an athlete. It's uh, Hey, I'm coach so-and-so from X university in this case, Utah, BYU. Uh, we are uh, interested in maybe talking to you a little bit further about our university. Are you interested? If the athlete says yes, you continue the conversation. If they say no, you say, thanks for your time. And literally you're on to the next. There's no wasting time in this. This is not a months long negotiation. This is a, 20 minute uh, introduction and then you go from there and it, it really is that quick in terms of the determination of who you're going to pursue and uh, it's a very interesting time but it's an absolutely critical time for both yes. of these programs to bolster their rosters yeah i mean if utah doesn't get let's go all the way back to like a cam rising sure. transferring over all the way back then huge to their success and also does i think you make a great point and talk about all the different reasons guys can transfer because i mean we have no idea why mikey matthews did but we also, once again, said like this is a Utah team that runs the ball first and foremost. Lots of college football teams out there. They're going to look to pass it more than anything else. So that's where that might have been attractive to him as well. And that's not any insider thing. That's just looking at the situation and evaluating what it is. So lots of stuff that always becomes interesting with the transfer portal. And you mentioned it, Jake. The rumors that start to circulate and all the noise becomes wild. And then you get a guy like Sione Vaki, who's now absolutely caught up in it. We've heard some stuff for BYU. You've talked about it a little bit on your show. I'm obviously hoping that Sione Vaki is going to stay after the sensational season he had. We got to talk about all the noise kind of surrounding Sione Vaki at, at this current time in one moment. But really quickly, first, want to talk to you guys about our great friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include the spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Jake, any games you got your eye on this weekend? Any level for FanDuel potential interest act, interesting action? 
Uh, well, here's the thing with this. The FanDuel side of stuff makes it just fun because I actually am uh, kind of getting more and more into basketball as well. And the best part about it, you know, the NFL is kind of their, their, their big sponsor, obviously, with FanDuel. But the NBA, College Hoop, like the BYU-Utah spread here in College Hoop locally, if that's something you're interested in, you can get in on that action with FanDuel as well. So there's always something from our friends at FanDuel. And the best part is also mentioned this, and it's, I think you may have mentioned it. There's daily specials as well. They, every single day you see you go on there and like, hey, we're offering this type of of a, of a promotion and you're like hey i want to i want to grab that so th- there is no shortage of fun you can that can be had with our friends at FanDuel. there's no doubt jake if there were odds on where sioni vaki would be playing next season where would you lay your money uh, I would put it on Utah. I, I think that he has got every intention on remaining with the Utes. Now, I, I, let me be, let me be very clear about this. I am far from being a Utah insider. I do host the BYU show on this, but I've had some conversations uh, on this network, I should say. But I've had some conversations with people connected with Utah, and Sione Vaki is giving Utah every benefit of the opportunity to keep him uh, in place at Utah. He he has established himself as a star for the Utes. Obviously, he had that sensational season this past year. First team all Pac-12 as a safety. Obviously had his uh, role on offense, which was absolutely awesome to see. Uh, but here's the thing. In the conversations I've had with folks around Sione Baki, he has got teams from all over the country. I mean, literally all over the country who are throwing major, major NIL-type money offers at him. And I know this is... the. Let me be very clear. This is against the rules as NIL and the recruiting uh, setup currently stipulates, but it's happening everywhere. He is getting overtures from people around him just saying, okay, we'll offer you this amount of money if you enter the transfer portal and you come to this university. It's hard to ignore that as a young man because this is life-changing type money that's being thrown around. But I do know that Utah has done everything within their power and the Crimson Collective's power to make it worth his while to stick around at Utah. And I would, my current feeling is is that he will remain a Ute, but at some point there, everybody can be bought. Let's be real. There, there is a yeah. number out there that if it's thrown at you and it, it's like, it's like put down on paper and it's guaranteed that very, very well may entice him to make the jump. But my current money is on him remaining in Salt Lake city. Yeah. And I think I appreciate you sharing that, but I, and I definitely agree. I mean, I feel like with the way that Utah utilizes Sione Vaki, yeah. he seems happy. He seemed to enjoy playing who doesn't like scoring touchdowns, right? It's something Jake, you and I were offensive linemen. It's something we dreamed about at one point back when we had played way uh, back in the day. But it, this is a situation too, where he's obviously such a sensational safety. It does feel like Sione will remain there. But as you mentioned, there is at some point there's any, there are just, you're going to listen. When the offers come in that way, you're going to listen. Well, and let me add one thing on this. I, I know the BYU, if Sione Vaki were to go into the portal, BYU would hop into the race right away. They would love nothing more than to have him be a part of their football program. Jay Hill uh, can only, uh, I think, dream of having a safety the caliber of Sione Vaki in his defense for BYU. And that's the thing about it is, yes, there is going to be no shortage of options for a kid like Vaki. And for the Cougar fan side of things, absolutely, you would want a guy like that playing for BYU. There's been some chat out there that he grew up and his mom always wanted him to go to BYU. Well, circumstances be what they are. He ultimately ended up at Utah and he's established himself in a football program that is very well known for sending defensive backs to the next level. And if that's if that's the biggest thing for him to go to the next level, I would imagine he stays put in Salt Lake City, stays with Utah, being coached up by Morgan Scally as a safety, and then ultimately obviously cashes in on his NFL opportunity down the road. But this is a very, very wild thing. And uh, there 
there's still a long ways to go in all of this because the transfer portal remains open for uh, the worst. We're only like two or three days oh into this God. and it goes for a month here. So, uh, so, so keep an eye on this. This is going to be interesting. It is going to be an interesting situation. You know, Sione being probably the big, the biggest name for Utah right now. Is there anyone for BYU that you're kind of feeling like, man, I, I hope that he's going to continue to stay in that some school doesn't try to swoop in with a massive NIL thing that you're potentially nervous about. Uh, well, here's the thing. I, you can try and speculate on this, but I, I know enough to know that it seems like there's 15 of those guys on every single roster that has got true. some level of interest. And uh, it's not these schools that are reaching out to the athlete directly. They're reaching out to a family member, the agent for the player, if they have an agent. They're talking to the through back channels and obviously getting that communication across. Now, one guy that did leave BYU is in the transfer portal that I uh, I think is a massive loss, probably the biggest loss uh, to date for BYU is John Henry Daly. Uh, former Mr. Football in the state of Utah, uh, had something like 30-plus sacks his senior year at Lone Peak High. Absolutely incredible pass rusher. Well, he followed his brother, Michael, who ultimately decided at midseason for BYU to go into the portal and, and look for a new place to play. They are both in the portal together, and I think losing those two, especially when I talked about the fact that BYU needs to upgrade their defensive line via the transfer portal, well, his loss just exacerbates that for the for the Cougars. So they, they need to do some work there. Now, in terms of guys I'm potentially worried about, I'd be looking to potentially, let's say, a guy like, a, a, let's say, a Connor Pay. He's been on my guest on my show all season yeah. long. Well, he's a high-level offensive lineman, and if he doesn't decide to go to the NFL this year, and I'm, I'm saying I've got no knowledge of this. Me and Connor have not talked about this to any level, but I'm just saying if he were to decide that he wants to use his final year of eligibility and being a high-level Power 5 offensive lineman, there are a number of football programs out there who would love to have a guy of his caliber to come in and bolster their depth. So that that's the situation that you're always evaluating when it comes to these coaches. You're recruiting your current roster, trying to get a feel for how guys are feeling. Uh, are they happy in their role? What, what are they thinking? And then at the same time, you're also keeping an eye over on the portal saying, okay, if I were to lose X, Y, and Z players, who could I uh, theoretically replace them with? This is this is a wild time for these coaches because they're trying to recruit wow. high school athletes, junior college athletes, recruit your current roster. And oh, by the way, you're recruiting from all 132 other teams' rosters trying to find the right combination of guys to bolster your team going into 2024. It's exhausting. It really is. Like you mentioned, it is, it is crazy. And uh, you mentioned daily. I mean, obviously for Utah, I'm sure that's a guy they would be looking at yeah. grabbing Fano last year from BYU, something that worked very well for them. Of course, the tra tragic in injury that he suffered kept him out for so much of the season as well. And I mean, especially with, I mean, you mentioned 30 sacks. I'm trying to do the math of that in my head for high school football season. Well, like that's just insane, Jay. <laughs> well, here's the thing. He was uh, darn near unblockable. I called a number of his games his senior year for Lone Peak. Obviously, you and I doing KSL Sports Rewind stuff uh, hey. while you were out here in the in the Beehive State. And he was just if you if you tried to go one on one with him, he would make your life miserable. I saw him get double and triple teamed routinely. And the thing about it was he was just that good. He still beat those double and triple teams and got production. So yes, he is a guy that I'm sure there'll be no shortage of overtures being made from Utah from every program yeah. seemingly saying, hey, uh, we'd like to uh, talk to you about our university because he is a high-level pass rush threat. And the best part is he's only a year removed uh, from his uh, uh, from his high school and call uh, not high school and mission day. So he's got four years of eligibility to work with. So you have got a lot of time to develop him potentially.
Yeah, we're doing this with one lone peak rusher of old. And in a year from now, we'll be talking about Bop Muli Talo, Jake, and Utah BYU will both be going after him at Lone Peak. Uh, the transfer portal, recruiting, all of it, as you mentioned, there is no offseason for college football. I really mean that. I'm not the only one who says that because it's true, because of how much craziness there is going on. And it's something we'll both continue to discuss on our shows moving forward because it is so essential and important to building a roster that is capable of not just making a bowl game, but of course, competing at a Big 12 championship level, which both these teams will be trying to do in 2024. But one thing that we do have coming up in the immediate, we have to wait, of course, till Utah and BYU play in football, but we do get Utah taking on BYU in men's basketball coming up. Want to talk about that matchup with you in one moment, but first, got to talk to you about one of our friends of the Locked On Network in Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We have the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the number. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections, and you can just watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can do LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo of three pointers and receptions. Prize Picks even offers you a reboot policy so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, the player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance policy. And once again, you guys can go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. You can go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Jake, any two players you would pull from the NBA and NFL right now for your prize picks combo? Oh, man, I would probably go – I'd probably go like a combination of like uh, Austin Reeves and Ooh. a guy like Tyreek Hill, like stuff, stuff like That's that. Like- that's the best mm-hmm. part about this is you can make any combination you want. You want Steph Curry and you want, I don't know, a Rasheed Rice for the, uh, we just talked about Travis Kelsey, guy from Kansas State. Chiefs. Yeah, you, you can, you can, you can have some fun with the different options out there. And the best part is just make, mix and match those combinations. And you already mentioned, I think you went up to 25 times your amount and the, the $100 uh, bonus match. That's a, that's a great, great offer. It is a great deal. And make sure you guys head over to Prize Picks and cash in on today. Jake, Utah and BYU are facing off in basketball. I think the biggest story for this game is absolutely the health of Brandon Carlson. Because if Utah wants to beat a BYU team that has not lost a game, you absolutely need your best player. Oh, no doubt about this. This is an all Pac-12 performer in Brandon Carlson. He is the heart and soul of the Utah running Utes. And not having him in this game uh, would absolutely take some of the shine off of what should be an otherwise really, really fun matchup. You mentioned BYU. They're ranked 14th in the country. Uh, The net ratings have them number one in the country. Ken Palm's got them at number six. BYU's absolutely rolling right now. But Utah's not far off. And that's the best part about this is this could be one of the better head-to-head matchups these two programs have had in, it feels like, a decade or so. So, uh, uh, the hope is that Brandon Carlson will be healthy. Now, the whole conversation, and JT, correct me if I'm wrong on this, was that he was missing the game on Tuesday with the whole thought of being ready for Saturday. But then post-game, Craig Smith gets up at the podium and says, well, we're not sure actually on his status for Saturday. And that put a lot of question marks in my mind. Like, okay, if you were holding him out here, man, that's that's a massive, massive concern. Because the one thing that I know that BYU has built themselves upon so far this season is they really like to play inside out. And if they have the ability to go to the rim, they're absolutely going to do that. And not having Brandon Carlson to play inside out as well for Utah, that gives a little bit of the advantage to BYU in their style of play. 
We've spent so much of this episode talking about transfer players. And to me, that is also one of the different Carlson. Once again, that is the thing. If he does not play, Utah will lose this game, even though they're home. But if Carlson does play, it is going to be some of the new faces to me. That could be a difference for Utah. When you're talking about a Cole Badjima, you, when you talked about Utah's three point shooting last season, it started and ended with Gabe Madsen. That is no longer the case because of Badjima. That's without even mentioning Raleigh Wooster has made strides in that regard. You get a guy in Hunter Erickson who can hit some shots off the bench too and Lawson Lovering just speaking of transfers you're talking about the seven footer with the size and the length that he offers on the interior Brandon Carlson mobile enough to play alongside him too and Kaba coming off a monster game here recently as well too for Utah this is a team that's got some players and just Utah trending in the right direction basketball wise but still not in the position that this BYU team is right in right now well, and that is the thing about this. You talk about Utah. The one thing I've, I think there's a decided uh, advantage, disadvantage in the case. And so the advantage for BYU is right now BYU shooting at just the three at a very, very high clip. Trevin Nell, Jackson Robinson are just seemingly on fire uh, from the perimeter. And I, I've seen enough of Utah this year that the one thing that seems to be a massive glaring concern right now is their perimeter defense. If they cannot get BYU off of their spots on the perimeter and force them to pass up these threes that BYU likes to hoist up. They want to shoot 30 plus threes in a game. They, BYU's kind of adapted an NBA type philosophy with go to the rim or shoot the three. That, that's really how BYU's operating their offense this season. And if Utah's perimeter defense is going to continue to allow teams to essentially pick where they're going to shoot and let them get the shots off at any point that they want to, that's going to make it for a long night. Unless BYU just can't buy a bucket uh, in the Huntsman Center, that is going to be a massive, massive thing to watch in this game is Utah's ability to defend the perimeter and get BYU off of their spots, uh, either on the baseline or also above the break when it comes to these three-pointers. Because if they start falling for BYU, it could be a really, really long night for Utah. It very well could be a long night for Utah, and that's one thing that's nice about this game. Look, there's been lots of jokes made about the curtains when you're talking about the Huntsman. Hey. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one game each year that they take. It's the most expensive ticket on Utah's season. I was just looking over it too. This is the one that's in demand. The crowd will be good. The environment will be well. I do think if Brandon Carlson plays in this game, I get vibes of the very first Utah BYU game I ever watched, which was Timmy Allen and Rylan Jones. Okay. And it's a different style of play with Utah, obviously now, but finding a way to take down a BYU team that was better than them at the time overall. If Brandon Carlson plays, I do think Utah feeling that momentum finds a way to win at home. If Brandon Carlson does not play, Utah will lose this game. <laughs> Well, and that very well may be the case, and that that's the interesting part about this. Now, this is the other thing about this for the BYU side of things is this is BYU's lone true road game of their non-conference slate. They played some neutral site games in Las Vegas. They also played Fresno State just last week up at the Delta Center the night after uh, Utah played Hawaii there. But this is their only true road game, and obviously, I, I am interested to see how BYU goes on the road and plays in "quote unquote" hostile territory. Now, uh, the fan bases, I'm sure there'll be great representation from both Ute and Cougar fans. I've, I've seen lots of chatter that BYU fans have been buying up as many tickets as they can, and we'll see what the disparity is in terms of percentages of blue to red, but this is a this is a fun game. It's going to be a raucous environment inside the Huntsman Center, and I, I think this is a fun one, but yeah, it does really come down to, I know I don't, we don't want to simplify it too much, but it really kind of depends on the health of a guy like Brandon Carlson, because if he's healthy, this is a guy who has got NBA potential. He's just, he's a, he's, 
He's got the ability to play uh, inside and also step out to the three and really open up the floor with his ability to shoot the three as well. If he's capable of playing, I think this is a game that's single digits uh, in terms of the final margin. Yeah. If he doesn't play, I think it pushes the double digits in favor of BYU. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, just to talk about Carlson, I mean, 17 points per game is a huge number. And that is what Carlson is in college basketball. That's what, if you're missing it, that's what Carlson's averaging six rebounds, 1.7 assists and a block. I mean, you, that just is detrimental if you are without that, if you're Utah. So that's where it's going to be interesting to see. And Jake, it's just fun that this will also be something year in and year out now where we're talking about both sides having, having to travel out to play each other. That's something that also really excites me is that we know like, oh, if we would have had you at home this year, we would have beaten you. Like that goes on from both sides of the fan base. That's you're you're gonna have to prove that next year. Both sides will. It's gonna be a lot of fun seeing Utah and BYU collide in a number of sports. And I'm looking forward to doing more of these with you, Jake. Well, and that's the best part about this is you and I will be doing a lot more of these shows, as you mentioned, just because of the fact that they're they're playing head to head again. And uh, this is the this is hearkening back to my childhood. Because I remember the years when BYU was in the whack in the Mountain West, where they played home and home in, in conference schedules just with basketball. There would be one game at the Huntsman Center, be one at the Marriott Center, and they were always always fun games no matter what the records were BYU could have that awful season back in the mid 90s when they were 1 and 25 and you still looked forward to watching the Utes and the Cougars get together in hoops because you never know what's going to happen this is a rivalry for the ages folks let's relish the fact that it's back together and it's and it's all of its glory because now they're in the same conference and it should be a really really fun time to track it in the years to come it's going to be a lot of fun to track, just like it's going to be a lot of fun to continue to track and monitor everything that goes on in the transfer portal. If you guys want to continue to do that, once again, make sure you like and subscribe to Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars. Jake, always great doing these with you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, JT. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars. But both of our shows will be back with you tomorrow.